Uh, oh, there we go. Uh, so uh, this morning, uh, uh, Pastor Jake is uh, out of town, but they'll, but they'll be returning this evening. So our order of our service is adjusted just a little bit for that reason. Uh, as mentioned before, as a licensed deacon or a lay minister, uh, certain things um, I'm, I'm allowed to do and some things are reserved for the pastor to do. Uh, the big thing that you'll notice that is different uh, this morning is the fact that there is no communion today. Uh, the opportunity to consecrate the elements for Holy Communion is reserved for an ordained pastor. And so, but that's okay. Uh, we can skip one Sunday uh, for communion. That's not a problem. Uh, when Luther wrote uh, his famous work on uh, the sacrament of Holy Communion, uh, years and years and years ago, he said, communion is a great thing, and you should do it as often as you can, at least three times a year. So I think we got the bases covered. So today, no communion. Uh, that uh, might give me liberty to have a longer sermon, but I won't do that either. But uh, one tradition we won't break. I know you folks love to get up and shake hands and say hi to each other, so let's do that right now. Let's welcome each other, and if you see someone you don't know, welcome them as well. Good morning, and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Darren Shane, your announcer for the second Sunday after the Epiphany. Lay Minister Bruce Slutton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service, is the organist Mrs. Susan Sinniger and the acolytes are Mackay Clybaker and Riley Ray. Today's order of service is at www.trinity1874.com. Radio broadcast for today is sponsored by the LWML in honor of the 99th anniversary of our chapter starting here at Trinity on January 20th, 1921 and dedicated to the glory of God. May God bless us as we worship together. Okay, let's uh, find our seats. Good morning. We'll find our seats now. I truly do love being part of this congregation. I'm absolutely convinced there is not a shy soul in this place. So uh, it's time to calm our hearts now and uh, get ourselves focused on uh, what we're about to do, which is to worship our Lord, seek his grace, ask for his forgiveness. And so uh, let's do this. Let's be go open with a, a brief prayer. Heavenly Father, we are here this morning because of you. We'd ask that you would bless this time we have now here, uh, bless our, our time with each other, and uh, bless the meditation of our hearts that these worship service uh, items that we're about to do 
and the words that I'm about to speak are pleasing in your sight and glorify your name and your name only. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand. And so we begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. Hear this good news. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you. And for his sake forgives you all your sins. So then in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ. I therefore forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. The heavens declare the glory of God. Day to day pours out speech. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their measuring line goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who governs all things in heaven and on earth, mercifully hear the prayers of your people and grant us your peace through all our days. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The Old Testament lesson for this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 49, beginning at the first verse. Listen to me, O coastlands, and give attention, you people from afar. The Lord called me from the womb, from the body of my mother. He named my name. He made my mouth like a sharp sword, in the shadow of his hand he hid me. He made me a polished arrow, in his quiver he hid me away. And he said to me, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing in vanity. Yet surely my right is with the Lord, my recompense with my God. And now the Lord says, He who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nation, the servant of rulers. Kings shall see and arise, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord, who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. This is the word of our Lord. Praise the Lord, all nations. For great is his steadfast love toward us. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name.
fitting song that fits so very well with today's message. Can we have the children come forward for the children's message, please, and bring the Mighty Mites. everyone. How are you today? Good. I'm so glad. I'm glad to be back in church after being sick so much this last few weeks. So it's good to see you all. I have um, brought our bulletin up here this morning and I would like Cordell to read this sentence right here for me. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and the world. Thanks, <clears throat> Sorry. Thanks Cordell. Um, I just wanted to um, have him read that this morning because I don't know, we all know it's on here, we've all seen it on here, but I don't know if the kids really notice it or have ever seen it. And all of the things that are listed on here, guys, is really important for our church to be doing all of those things. But the one thing I'm going to talk about just a little bit is baptism. Everybody raise your hand if you've been baptized. And that's how it is for our church, isn't it? Lutherans get baptized when they're babies. So we're baptized, and we don't always remember our baptism unless we look at pictures, right? Can you remember when you were baptized? Nah, can't remember that. I can't remember that either because I was a baby. But we can look at pictures, and we can look at the, the uh, banners that we get. We can look at our um, little cloth that we get from the, from the ladies, and we can look at Bibles that we get given or gifts. And, of course, we can look at the pictures, and we can see our baptism. And we can remember those. But raise your hand if you know when your baptism date is. Cordell does. Awesome. Good job. Now raise your hand if you know your birthday. Yeah, everybody knows their birthday, right? So here's a little uh, job I have for you is when you go home or when you get back to your seat, I want you to ask mom and dad when your baptism birthday is. When were you baptized? Now when my kids were baptized... I fully intended to celebrate that every year. Pastor always talks about when they give you the candle, they want you to light the candle, they want you to celebrate it every year so that you don't ever forget how important your baptism is. But even I haven't done that with my kids either. They kind of know the date when they were growing up, and we once in a while we celebrated it. But it's very important for us to never, ever, ever forget Maybe we're going to forget the date, but never forget that we were baptized and that we are baptized children of God. And that's the important part, right? Now, do you have to be a baby to be baptized? 
No, right? For so, so, you know, different reasons. Sometimes people aren't baptized when they're a baby. And I know when I was teaching, I taught this. You can be a baby, you can be four, you can be five. We had some kids who were baptized in chapel because they hadn't been baptized before. And then there's one more that I always talked about, and that's uh, Mr. Haynes was baptized, I think, in his 70s. And that was really, really awesome. One Sunday when I saw that happen, I thought, oh, my goodness, this is such a good example that no matter... If you have never been baptized, it doesn't matter how old you are, you can still be baptized into Christ. Did you know that? Yeah? Okay, good. So if you find somebody or know somebody or you see somebody, maybe it's in your family or in the community that hasn't ever been baptized and hasn't been to our church, you can invite them to come, right? How awesome is it if we could have more people be baptized into Christ, right? So I just want you to think about your baptism and how important it is to remember that we are baptized children of Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gift of baptism. Thank you so much that you've brought us all together today. Thank you for helping us to remember our baptism and all the things that it means. Help us to read, read about your our baptisms in the Bible and to remember that Jesus was baptized and that he would like, he wants us to all be baptized also. Watch over us and bless us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The epistle reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at the first verse. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand with hallelujah verse. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. This um, John chapter 1 uh, is the basis of our message for today. And so that you can get the most out of it, uh, you might want to do this. 
If you have a pencil or a pen, if you count up from the bottom five lines, one, two, three, four, five, you'll see the quotation, what are you seeking? Do you see that? What are you seeking? You might want to make a mental note of that or underline it. It becomes a big part of the message. Then right below it, just as important, come and you will see. The other important part, come and you will see. Make a note of those as we'll bring those up indeed in, the, in our message for today. So John chapter 1, beginning at verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this, his purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He in whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying. And they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. This is the gospel of our Lord. hymn of the day is My Faith Looks Up to Thee, number 702 in the Lutheran Service Book.
grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. There's a great old children's book called Charlotte's Web. Are you familiar with this book? It's a tale of Wilbur, a girl's pig. Wilbur goes from a future of being pork chops to being the county fair's prized pig with a great deal of help from a friendly barn spider named Charlotte. Charlotte embedders the fate of Wilbur by spinning messages in the barn's doorway about him. One of those messages reads, Some pig. Wilbur is some pig, one that deserves not to be served for Sunday dinner, but to be kept around instead. This morning, just moments ago, we heard not about a pig, but a lamb, the Lamb of God. Throughout the Old Testament and right up through the time of our text, Lambs, too, had a higher purpose than dinner. You see, they were used for sacrifice. Based on the testimony about this particular lamb that we read earlier, we can say that sure is some lamb. It is certainly true that for us, Jesus is a sacrificial lamb greater than any other. So this morning we will explore who this lamb of God is and what it means to follow him. But first we need to start at John chapter 1, beginning at the 19th verse, to get some background. And it reads as follows. And this is the testimony of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John, you see, had been carrying on his ministry in the wilderness for quite a while already. And he was attracting a lot of attention from significant religious leaders. These Jewish leaders were in great opposition to the testimony about Jesus. Who are you? What a loaded question. Certainly they knew this was John, the son of Zechariah, but they wanted to know why he was preaching and baptizing in the wilderness of all places. What claims did he make for himself? What was he seeking to gain? Make no mistake, John understood their intention. He didn't dodge any of their questions. He told them he was not the Christ. He told them he was not Elijah, who was expected from Old Testament prophecies. In Malachi chapter 4, verse 5, we hear God promise, I will send you the prophet Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. You see, they expected Elijah to be reincarnated, but John states firmly that he is not Elijah reincarnated. Likewise, John denied being the prophet, who many believe would be the Messiah himself. John sent them straight on that notion as well. So now we fast forward to our reading for the day, verse 29. It reads as follows. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That single sentence has established the standard for all Christian preaching preaching since then. Faithful pastors will always point to the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It is Jesus, this Lamb of God, who came to give himself as the sacrifice to win forgiveness for a sinful and sin-filled world, the sin offering through which we receive complete forgiveness 
a lamb without blemish or defect, we're told in 1 Peter, this fulfilling God's law in our stead. Then with his bloody sacrifice on the cross, the Lamb of God who came from God and who was God satisfied God's just wrath against the sin of all the world. This certainly was some lamb. We pick up our message in verse John verse 30, 35. The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples and he looked at Jesus as he was walking by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. Look, the Lamb of God. John didn't have to include the words who takes away the sin of the world because the two disciples had already heard this from the day before. They would know that John was pointing them to the true Messiah, the promised Messiah. The two understood John's intent. It was as if he said, look, there's the man you want to follow. This is, this is the long-awaited Savior. Why are you standing here with me? Go to him now. You see, John had not set out to make disciples for himself, but to point people to Jesus. So the two left John to follow Jesus. Now here comes the good part. Verse 38. We have an exchange of questions and answers that are a bit mystifying until you look at them closer. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? On any given day at our house, you will see a regular event play out, sometimes multiple times in the same day. I'm moving about the house with this lost and lonely look on my face, picking things up, looking under pillows on the couch, opening every cupboard door in the kitchen, grunting, scratching my head, until finally my wife speaks up and says, what are you looking for? Clearly my wife either wants to genuinely help me with this quest or she is tired of watching me shuffle through things she just finished tidying up. Without fail, she comes to my rescue and magically holds up the item I was looking for. What a humbling experience to live this through over and over again. What are you looking for? Or as Jesus in our gospel message for this morning, what are you seeking? What a great question to explore. It's interesting to note that these are the first words of Jesus in the Gospel of John's. God has quite a way of asking the most cutting questions, doesn't he? Remember in the Garden of Eden? After the first sin had been committed in his creation, Adam and Eve were hiding. As God moves through the garden in the coolness of the day, do you remember his question that he asked of Adam and Eve? Where are you? Cutting question, to which God already knew the answer. The first example of God's children rebelling, resulting in a broken relationship with God. What are you seeking? It's hardly an open question. John 20, verse 31 gives the response to that question. And it goes like this. These things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. It's as though Jesus was saying, do you seek what this story tells of me? Is this the way you desire to walk? Do you wish to follow me? When the disciples in this passage calls him rabbi or teacher, they are not simply being polite. They're indicating that, in fact, they wish to assume the life that Jesus lives. So they ask him, where are you staying? Again, this is not just an inquiry about the residence of Jesus. You see, entry into the discipleship marked the end of an old existence 
and the beginning of a new life, a new being. Disciple did not merely learn things. He was converted from one way of living to another. If the disciples were seeking Jesus, where Jesus is staying, then they seek the path to Jesus. To imitate Jesus is to include Jesus' death on the cross, which takes away the sin of the world. For the disciple to remain with Jesus is for the disciple to share the sufferings of his teacher, the cross, which is the perfect act of divine love, and also to live in his bodily resurrection, to be with him eternally in heaven. So Jesus' question bears repeating for everyone who wants to follow him. What are you seeking? What do you, what do you want? Do you want help coping with your trials and burdens? Jesus says, come, and you will see. Pick up your cross and follow me. Each Sunday in our prayers of the church, we pray for all God's people according to their needs. Those who are sick, those who are hospitalized, those who are facing challenges of life that life is throwing their way. When you seek comfort, do you hear Jesus say, I am always with you. Do you want to learn how to truly live your life in a way that glorifies God? Jesus says, come and follow me. Walking with Jesus is no easy task, is it? It takes conscious effort. You could say, we're a work in progress. The Apostle Paul confesses that he continues to do the things he doesn't want to do while failing to do the things he should do. Maturing our faith is just that, maturing and growing, to which Jesus says, follow me. Do you want to be assured that all your sins have been forgiven and that one day you will indeed inherit the promise of heaven? Jesus says, come and you will see. Oh, the sins we commit, the temptations we give into, sometimes over and over again, the doubt that nags at us when we are not good enough, and don't deserve to be forgiven and loved by Jesus, to which Jesus says, your sins have been forgiven as far as the east is from the west. You will be with me in paradise. As the late great radio personality Paul Harvey used to say, and now for the... Thank you for being as old as I am and remembering who Paul Harvey is. You see... Perhaps it's not merely a question of what are you seeking, but the realization that God is seeking you. Jesus invites you to a new way of life, just like he did for his early disciples. We can enjoy some of the benefits of this new life now, even as we wait for the life to come, through daily remaining in his word, daily prayer, participating in his holy supper, loving those who God has placed in your life, spending time with fellow Christians and brothers and sisters, helping those who are in the greatest need. So what do you seek? If you seek Jesus, then know with all your heart that Jesus is always with you and he is seeking you. I can only think of the words of this great hymn, Let Us Ever Walk With Jesus, as it is so fitting to close with. If you would open up your hymnal, to hymn number 685, hymn 685, and we'll read together the first verse. Hymn 685, the first verse.
We'll read it together. Let us ever walk with Jesus, follow his example pure, through a world that would deceive us and to sin our spirits lure. Onward in his footsteps treading, pilgrims here are home above, full of faith and hope and love. Let us do our Father's bidding, faithful Lord with me abide, I shall follow where you guide. Amen. And again I say, Amen. We continue now with the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, Father Almighty. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. The radio broadcast is made possible by donations to the radio broadcast ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help. Eighth grade chili cook-off is on January 26th following church. Those wishing to compete, drop off your chili by 8.45 a.m. in the Trinity Fellowship Hall. All of the donations go to support the 8th grade class trip in Tulsa. Voters meeting will be January 26 at 12.30 p.m. Mission work day for LWML is on January 27th at 9 a.m. in the Fellowship Hall. Bring a covered dish to share for lunch. On March 5th, the St. Paul's Choir from Concordia, Missouri will be at Trinity for a concert in the evening. Take a look at your schedule. We will need housing for 52 guests just overnight after the concert and for an early breakfast. Their departure will be early the next morning. If you have room for housing, please contact Betty Sawyer. Several ladies' Bible studies meet during the week in the surrounding area. 
For more information, call the church office at 417-235-7300. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness in the public marketplace. Today's message, Unforgettable. Guest speaker, Dr. Dean Nassidy. New series, we, will, we might forget names and faces, dates and places, but God remembers those who are His through faith in Christ. To God, they are unforgettable. We will now rejoin our congregation in the, celebra- in the worship service. Pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day and leading us here so we can worship you. As the beautiful sunrise this morning signals a new day in our lives, your refreshing word gives us the strength to live a life filled with joy and hope. Remind us this week to seek you out as we go about living our lives in a way that glorifies your name. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for the sick those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery, those on the road to recovery. We lift up all those on our health list, Melba, Landreth, Janice, Carol, Ethel, Joan, Addison, Steve, Becky, Bob Curtit, Bob Dodson, Bob Yelinek, Gary Degan, Gary Magruder, Emma Conklin, Brenda, Wayne Towers, Rosemarie, John Alexander, John Eden, Debbie, Mary, Lisa, Catherine, Joe, Phil, Judy, Louise, Ruth, Dana, Dennis Nost, Little Sutton Grace, Margaret Holly, Norma Kaiser, Roy Oberman, and Clifton Morgan. Lord, we lift up these people on our list, as well as those we now name in our hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer and sustainer of life. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely. Use the trials and challenges they face to grow closer to you. Give them a sense of your presence during these difficult times as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our leaders who hold positions of service nationally in our state and in our local communities. Father, these people have accepted the responsibility of leadership as part of their commitment to serve. Send your Holy Spirit to give them true wisdom, to govern in a way that glorifies your name. Keep them mindful of those who cannot speak for themselves, especially the unborn. Lord, in your mercy. 
We pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military, especially those who serve in the most dangerous places. We think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel. Father, we pray that you will send your angels to watch over them, to protect them against all harm. Strengthen and encourage them so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy. Father, we honor you by many names. Today we pray to you as the Lord and giver of life. We pray for all those who mourn the loss of a loved one. We lift up the family and friends of Virginia Bremer Scott. Virginia is now with you, Jesus. She has at last seen you face to face. We give you thanks for keeping your promise of receiving into your heavenly kingdom all who believe in your promise of salvation through faith. Gracious Father, it is at times that we need to ask you to give those who grieve an extra measure of your grace and love. Be with all who mourn and comfort them with the assurance that all believers will one day be with you and all the saints as we spend eternity in heaven where there is no more pain, loneliness, or despair. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Lord, I offer up a special prayer for this congregation of yours. As you continue to bless us, keep us focused on what's most important in our lives. Help each of us find the time to be in your word. Spend time in daily prayer. Strengthen our hearts for mission. And finally, nurture the love we have for you and one another. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We pray the prayer the Lord himself gave us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace.
have a few announcements here. Uh, reminder that the eighth grade chili cook-off. Also, the next meeting is on that same Sunday, January 26th at 1 o'clock. Uh, instead of a potluck, uh, we're going to enjoy the chili that uh, has been part of the chili cook-off. And then uh, coming up on March the 5th, March the 5th, the St. Paul's Choir from Concordia, Missouri, will be at Trinity for a concert in the evening. Uh, take a look at your schedule, if you would, please. We're going to need to house 52 of these young people. Not all in one house, but we need to house 52. So if you have an extra bedroom or a couch you can help out with, that would be really great. And if you do have some room for housing, please reach out to Betty Sawyer. Um, and here's the uh, visitation and funeral information for Virginia Bremer Scott. Uh, the visitation is on Tuesday, January the 21st, between 6 and 7 at the Shelton Goodrich Funeral Home in Osceola, Missouri. The service, make sure I got this right, the service is on Wednesday, January the 22nd at 11 o'clock at Hopewell Baptist Church with the burial at the church cemetery in Quincy, Missouri. Did I get that right? Okay, good. Uh, the memorial service for Clifton Andy Morgan, husband of Becky Morgan and son-in-law of Nadine Oberman, will be held Friday, January the 24th at Buchanan Funeral Home in Monette. The visitation is from 2 to 3, and the service will follow at 3 o'clock. So those are our uh, announcements for the day. And before you go out and enjoy this beautiful day that God has created, I want you to know two things. One, your sins have been forgiven. And two, Jesus loves you. Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this radio station, KKPL 95.9, or on www.freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Darren Shane, 